Hi there, this is Josh, one of the Batmates from the future. First, I want to thank you for checking out our show. Second, if you're a first-time listener who wanted to start at the beginning, I want to warn you that this episode was recorded before we had professional equipment, and we were still figuring out the show's structure. The episodes aren't sequential, so if you want to, you can start with the most recent episode or whatever villain catches your eye. With that said, if you're here because you love the Riddler, or you listened to all of our other episodes and wanted more, please enjoy the first episode of Batmates. If you need a laugh, here on your behalf, it's Batmates. Are we fighting crime, or just wasting time? It's Batmates. Lunch, boom, crash, kapow, stream it, download, holy cow, you can stop listening now to Batmates. Because we're Batmates. Hello and welcome to Batmates, the number one Batman podcast that is recorded in my living room. My name is Becca, and one time I met Kevin Conroy at the Newark airport. My name is Josh, and if you have a copy of Batman Adventures number 12, please mail it to me. So, uh, how do we meet? Well, uh, I was on Tinder, and I super liked you, because I saw that on your profile you had that you enjoyed Batman, uh, and I was a big fan of Batman as well. And my first message to you was who your favorite Batman villain was. And what did I say? I think you said Red Hood. I did. I did say Red Hood. Um, I actually didn't respond at first because I was busy. I was uh, in the middle of a show. Um, But you messaged me again two days later and you were like, Becca? And so then I responded, oh yeah, Red Hood. Thanks for following up. And that was super impressive because I knew at that point that you weren't just someone who like liked the Nolan films and that was it. <laughs> no, you uh, you gate kept me and yes. I passed the test. Uh-huh. So that's a lesson for all of you out there who might be looking for love out there in the Batman fandom. Uh, gatekeep each other and <laughs> then... <laughs> no, it's a terrible idea. And uh, make people feel bad for who their favorite villain is. No, yeah. don't do that. Here's the actual secret, though. My second choice, I was going to say, was Baby Doll. And you said that if I had said Baby Doll, then you would have proposed to me, like, right then and there, um, instead of four years later. Because I'm a big fan of uh, of the animated series. So, yeah, there's your hint. Say, say Baby Doll. And I think, I'm pretty sure that my response, because I think you asked me back, and uh, my response was, like, the villain that we're going to cover today, which is the Riddler. Really? Yeah. I did not know that as we were planning this episode. <laughs> so, this is Batmates, a podcast about Batman, because, you know. In general. Everything's crazy out there. And uh, what was the world asking for? Another Batman podcast. Another one. No one was asking for it. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about the Riddler, uh, mostly because he is the villain in the upcoming The Batman movie. The Batman, the movie. Okay. Yeah, not the animated television TV series, The Batman. Yeah. Which is completely different. Nor is it based on it either. I don't think it is, no. As far as I know. <laughs> Um, So we're going to start with a little Batman news. Um, The biggest of which coming out this week is that the Batman, the production of the Batman, the movie, um, is back on track. They stopped filming for quite a while. I think it was only two weeks. Well, it's quite a while in movie terms, I guess. That's true, yeah. They stopped production um, because somebody in the cast uh, contracted COVID. 
And due to privacy laws, they weren't able to actually say who contracted COVID. However, many news outlets uh, have said that it was Robert Pattinson. However, that was never confirmed. I believe it was Vanity Fair said it was Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Vanity Fair first reported, however, not confirmed by WB. Here's my question to you. Who in the cast do you think is the most likely to be an anti-masker and contract COVID? I told you, I don't know anybody in the cast that well. I don't follow celebrities, so okay. I can't tell you. I'm going to give you some options. Okay. Okay, there's Robert Pattinson. I know who he is. He was in Twilight. He was in Twilight. He was also in uh, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. He does have an artistic side to him. No, I'm, I'm excited to see his version. Like, I'm excited to see his take on it. I am too. I think he's going to be great. And I feel like if he walked into a Target, his mask would be pulled firmly over his nose, even if there wasn't a pandemic. He just doesn't want to talk to people. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, then you've got Zoe Kravitz. She's playing Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Spoilers. Spoilers? Yeah. If people don't know that Selena Kyle's Catwoman. Oh. That's a spoiler. <laughs> okay. You never know. Anyone could be coming to these movies. Um, so, Selena Kyle, uh, played by Zoe Kravitz, um, daughter of Lenny Kravitz. She's been in Hollywood a long time. She was in Fury Road. She's kind of like Hollywood royalty a little bit. I feel like... Like nepotism? Yeah. I feel like when Zoe Kravitz walks into Target, she keeps her mask maybe, like, under her nose until, like, somebody walks by, and then she'll pull it up real quick. Mm Because she doesn't want anyone to know that she's not wearing it. Okay. You also have uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Um, he's been in some indie films. He's been in Hollywood for a while. Um, I feel like he's not going to be an anti-masker. He's not full of himself enough to be that way. And he's been in a Bong Joon-ho film, and I feel like he only works with nice people. Mm. He directed Parasite. Oh. Yeah. You like that movie. Oh, no. Bong Joon-ho. Not not the guy who's playing Riddler. No. Bong Joon-ho directed Parasite. <laughs> Paul Dano did not direct it. Okay. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, John Turturro, he is playing Carmine Falcone. Um, John Turturro is kind of like weird off the wall. He's been in a lot of like Coen Brothers films. Okay. I think he's another under the nose masker like Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Unconfirmed. But like all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like people don't tell him to pull it up because he's John Turturro. And I maybe, guess we should, for posterity's sake, mention that we're we're recording this during COVID nineteen, just in case anybody stumbles upon this, like in the future. What masks? Yeah. What could they possibly be talking P- about? Pandemics? What is that? Who? Like this isn't going to leave a lasting effect for a thousand years. I mean, I didn't know about the whatever it was nineteen sixteen pandemic or okay. whatever. This is not in fact a pandemic podcast. <laughs> Anyway, so I guess we should also say for posterity, uh, any of these people don't sue us. This is for fun times only. We're not actually accusing any of you of uh, knowingly spreading a deadly disease to each other. But anyway, John Turturro definitely keeps his nose out of his mask because he has that really distinctive looking nose. So he like kind of wants you to know he's John Turturro. So that's why he keeps his nose out of his mask while he's a target. Um, And then here's the real one. Colin Farrell. Now, Colin Farrell's had a pretty sordid past. He's Irish. He can't help it. He's really hot-blooded. I think Colin Farrell does not wear a mask anywhere he goes. And if someone even tries to tell him to put one on, he, like, flies into a rage. And, like, it's not any sort of, like, this is my rights. He just doesn't like to be told what to do. I think he's going to do a great job as Oswald Cobblepot. Um, however, I do not think that he wears a mask when he goes to Target, and I think he might be the culprit who caught the COVID. Yeah. 
In other Batman news. Great. <laughs> this week is actually going to be National Batman Day, um, which is a holiday that weirdly moves around. It was originally celebrated on July 23rd, 2019, I believe at San Diego Comic-Con. Okay. Um, to just like honor Batman and whatever was well, Was there out. any significance to the July 23rd or it was just because it was during Comic-Con? Um, that's a great question. I cannot figure out why. So if any <laughs> listeners out there know why July 23rd was, was the original Batman Day, we would certainly love to know. But it's moved around a bit. Sometimes it's celebrated on um, September 21st. This year, for some reason, it's being celebrated on September 19th. So it's like a loose holiday. It's it's not like a like a bank holiday where like oh it just falls on like the first Monday. It just falls kind of like oh ba- Batman Batman Day isn't a bank holiday. Oh no, not yet. <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where it's like once people sort of like feel like we are in a time when we celebrate Batman. <laughs> that's when Batman Day rolls around. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a holiday that uh, that comes around not when you need it, but when you deserve it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not the holiday that we deserve. It's the one that we need right now. It's the other way around. Yes. (laughs) Um, So to celebrate Batman Day, HBO Max is adding tons of Batman content to celebrate. Um, Some really nice bangers. Um, Not just the, like, Hollywood-produced movies, like Batman 1989, Batman and Robin. Um, Of course, the best one, Batman Begins, 2005. No, best one is Batman 89. All right, that's a discussion maybe for a future podcast episode. Um, you've also got some real stinkers on there, like Suicide Squad, <laughs> um, critically acclaimed um, and award-winning Oscar winner movie Joker. But also you've got some uh, really awesome animated films. Oh, they got out. Dark Knight Returns, part one and two, mm-hmm. which are really great. Uh, the Batman film that made me fall in love with my favorite villain, Batman Under the Red Hood. Shout out to Jensen Ackles. About to return to superhero stuff in uh, The Boys. Excited for that. Um, they've got Batman Year One on there. All the Justice League movies. JLA Adventure Trapped in Time. I, is that the one that happens in the animated universe? I think it might be. It could be. But yeah, what are you most excited to watch on Batman Day? What would you want to like, go in and revisit? And revisit? I mean, I love Batman 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, I really like the Dark Knight Returns movies, the the two, uh, the two-parter. I think it's really good. I I think it's, I don't want to say better than the comic, but I think it, it, it delivers like a more coherent story altogether than the comic does. Hmm. I'm seeing something on here that I have never seen before. Um, so I would want to visit it for the first time. Um, a 2005 movie titled The Batman vs. Dracula. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I've never seen it. And uh, maybe I will get HBO Max to find out what that is. Okay. So yeah, okay. mark your calendars, everyone, but not for future years because we never know when it's going to come around. Um, <laughs> September 19th of 2020 is Batman Day. So feel free to head on over to your HBO Max and view some awesome Batman content. Which is actually, that's other Batman news that we didn't cover. Uh, DC Fandom happened, like, last week from when we were recording this. Uh, and DC sort of announced, I don't, I don't quite remember if it was at the Fandom or it was in, like, the week leading up to Fandom, that all of their content that used to be on their DC streaming service is moving to HBO Max. So, like, DC streaming service was kind of a failure. Not that many people subscribed to it. 
Um, so they're moving it to something that people actually have and want to watch things on. Is it because Robin said a cuss? Is it because he said F Batman? N- no, I don't think that's it. Why didn't people like it? I think it's just they didn't, they didn't, they couldn't justify paying for like another subscription service. Mm. There's, it's overkill subscription services nowadays. And I think it's starting to contract a little bit, but I don't know if it's gonna, if it's gonna like actually get to the point where people are gonna stop like pirating stuff. Is the streaming bubble going to burst? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, it's, it's gonna be like cable. We're eventually, I think we're gonna end up with like packages that get bundled together. Yeah. That's the future of it, which sucks. Oh god, I hate thinking about the future. <laughs> I have a question. Why yes. did they call it, why is it a fandom? I guess it's like a play off the word fandom? Yes. But... It's a play off the word fandom, and I think it was, like, it was virtually in a dome. Like, it was in, like, a virtual stadium. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, I guess, kind of looked like the Hall of Justice was supposed to be. Okay. I don't know. I didn't watch all of it. I just watched the stuff that I was interested in, which was uh, the reveal of Gotham Knights, uh, the Court of Owls. Al- I know, that was the same thing. The Court of Owls, like, game. Yeah. And then the, what was the other one? The Suicide Squad game? Yeah, the Suicide Squad game. That looks like it's going to bang. Made by Rocksteady, mm-hmm. which is going to be four-player co-op. And the and the Gotham Knights is going to be uh, two-player co-op. Yeah. Drop in, drop out. So hopefully we can play that together. That's exciting. <clears throat> so I don't understand why it's called the Fandom, but that is a puzzle that could potentially be unraveled by the subject of our episode today. Um, a little friend known to you and me. By the name Edward Nigma, or the Riddler, to his enemies and friends, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, we had the idea to do a Batman podcast, and of course, there's a zillion out there. Um, and what was the idea that you threw out, Joshua, well, as a way to distinguish ourselves? I said like the 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 thing that you don't see, and the thing that I think would make for a great podcast was uh, reviewing Silver Age comics because. There's a lot of weird stuff from the Silver Age that, like, people don't really think about. They don't talk about very much. If they do talk about it, they talk about it in relation to uh, either the Golden Age or, like, the Batman 1966 television series. Joker's boner. (laughs) Yeah, the the meme of Joker's boner. But I think, like, the stuff is so wacky and weird because DC, uh, instead of being dark and gritty like it was in, like, the the late 30s, 40s, uh, it was, like, they, they went very sci-fi with a lot of stuff. And they realized that, like, most of the people who were reading the comics were just kids. So they didn't, like, try too hard to tell, like, deep and interesting stories. They just had fun with it. And that's actually where we get, like, a lot of the modern characters that uh, are, like, kind of goofy or, like, have been sort of twisted to to fit in the more dark and gritty version of, of you know, Batman mythos or, or just in general, like, the DC mythos. Um, so I thought we it would be really neat to cover some of them. And, you know, we need a little bit of uh, lightheartedness in our lives right now. Maybe, maybe not so much dark and gritty. I think that would be cool. I think it would be cool if... Uh, a Batman movie came along. Well, okay. I'm saying that. I was going to say. Knowing that I hate the movie Batman and Robin. I feel like if somebody could come along and do like a good version. Like, a, like, like a Brave and the Bold type version of it. Yeah. I mean, they did the animated uh, 66 movies, which was uh, like the last time that 
Oh, I'm blanking on the name. Adam West mm-hmm. got to do, he got to play as Batman, like, right before he died. Uh, mm-hmm. And he got to, like, pump out two movies where he still gets to play the character. Mm-hmm. And it's animated, so, like, he didn't have to run around or anything. So it was pretty great. Yeah, and Burt Ward was in that. Yes. Julie Newmar. Mm-hmm. Those are great. If you haven't they got seen that, like, them, most of the actors. Definitely watch those. They're really, really good. But yeah, I think it would be really interesting to see, like, a bright, like, maybe, like, a comedy. I mean,. Try as they might, and I wish all the luck to the Batman, the movie. You can't remake The Dark Knight. You just can't. Yeah. No one's going to. It does have that look like it's it's going to be sort of dark and gritty like The Dark Knight was. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, these, these characters are kind of like serial killers, so what if they actually were serial killers? But we've already had that in the Nolan films and in, like, the Gotham TV show. And in the comics. And in the comics. They do kill people quite a lot. It's usually pretty... pretty gruesome those comics are not for children occasionally but yeah let's talk about something that is for children which is uh batman silver age comics so today we're going to be talking about um batman volume uh 171 which originally came out in march 4th of 1965 um this is the second appearance of the riddler in the batman comics the first one was actually years and years before. Like, I want to say... 1940-something. Yeah, I want to say 1946. But I'll check on that. Would have been 1948. <clears throat> so the writer of this issue, Batman 171, was Gardner Fox. The penciler was Sheldon Moldoff. The inker was Joe Giella. The letterers were was uh, Gaspar Saladino. And the editor was Julius Schwartz. Um, and there was quite a few cover artists on here. I guess there must have been uh, several different covers that they used. Um, Carmine Infantino, Murphy Anderson, Jack Adler, and Ira Schnapp are all credited as cover artists for this issue. Um, so we read through this issue. And I would definitely suggest that you read through it as well. Because it's goofy. <laughs> it's very goofy. It's, we both read it separately, so we're our, our like responses to each other are going to be off the cuff, pretty much. But we took notes. We took notes, absolutely. Don't have to, <laughs> don't have to memorize it. Not this time. So this is the second appearance of the Riddler in the um, Batman comics. Um, it actually starts with um, the Riddler getting out of jail. Um, but here's my question before we even start. Okay. Okay. Batman is the world's greatest detective. Yes. He's great at riddles. Uh Uh-huh. So is the Riddler his best enemy or his worst enemy? I think he's... uh, How evenly matched are they? In terms of, of, like, thought thinking? In terms of, like, intellect? Intellect? In terms of, like, is he a formidable foe? Uh, Is this simply a folly? I mean, it, it kind of depends on the, like, canon that you talk about. Sometimes he's very evenly matched with Bruce Wayne in terms of, of his intellect, and sometimes he's just sort of like a nuisance that Batman has to work against. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only thing that really is, uh, like, to his advantage is that it takes Batman a bit of time to figure out the riddles. So, like, the Riddler only succeeds in so far as he can delay the Batman. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see in this comic, um, really not any time at all. It takes him, 
less than a second. Yeah, it's, it's immediately as soon as hearing the riddle, he like immediately figures it out most yeah. of the time. None of them are too tricky. None of them are real brain puzzlers. Really. No, but a lot of it, a lot of it comes from like the Riddler has like ulterior motives in this comic, which is something that translated over into the 1966 show, mm-hmm. um, especially like even the opening episode where he's doing things sort of behind the scenes and it isn't until sort of like the end of the comic or the end of the storyline where Batman realizes what the like undercurrent of everything is. Mm -hmm. He's always one step ahead, but not, not fast enough (laughs) for old Bruce. Um, All right. So that was my question before we get into it. Okay. So this comic begins with um, Edward Nygma, the Riddler, uh, leaving prison after he's been at, you know, the, our, the penitentiary, guess, the state penitentiary is what the comic calls the it. The state penitentiary. So it's not Arkham. It's no, it's not, not Arkham because he's not crazy. He's just a criminal. He's just a criminal for now. And he gets, he gets a, uh, he gets money. He gets like a going away present from the warden, mm-hmm. which is weird. I, is that a thing that jails do? The warden says the money we give to every released prisoner, which I guess that's a great idea. Give him someone to get him on his feet. <laughs> I didn't think they did that in jails. We'll find out later in this comic that uh, the Riddler is actually a millionaire for some reason. Somehow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been left a bunch of money. But he leaves the warden with a riddle and says he'll give him the answer when he returns. Which makes me really wonder, like... What is Gotham's uh, recidivism rate? <laughs> How often are these criminals, uh, you know, re recommitting crimes and-, and and for the for the audience's uh, convenience, the, the riddle is: Why do the cons call this place the Fiddler's Hotel? Hmm. Well, we'll find that out. Yeah. So then we get a little thing about the molehill mob. Is that the next thing that you have on your list? Yeah. So he goes out and gets a newspaper and learns about the molehill mob, which I guess molehill and like manhole are supposed to be kind of interchangeable. <laughs> a molehill, I guess, is a manhole because the whole thing is that um, they commit their crimes by coming out of manholes onto the street. They commit a crime and they quickly dive back down into the street under the manhole. Which and and I as soon as I saw that I said molehill mob next Arkham game villains like yeah a great side quest right is running after uh, just gangsters whose only like gimmick is that they pop up out of the sewers and then go back into the sewers. You know who they should pair up with, team up with Ratcatcher, Killer Croc. Oh, Killer Croc. Are they going down in the sewers? There you go. That's maybe that's why because it says um. Mass Manhunter, that's Batman, um, promises all out war on underground robbers who use manhole covers to make getaway. So, like, Batman can't catch these guys. <laughs> Even though all they're doing is dipping into the sewer. They're just going into the street, but he's like, mm-mm, I am an above ground boy. I guess they, well, no, I guess it's like they, they come out, they pop out, they do their crime, and by the time Batman gets there, they're already underground. Already underground. And there's lots of tunnels. Yeah. You don't know what's down there. Killer Croc's down there. The Court of Owls I don't even has know their if, meetings down there. I don't even know if Killer Croc or, well, I know for sure the, the Court of Owls hadn't <laughs> been created by this time. Yeah. Kite Man's down there. Kite Man might be down there. Um, so what's uh, what's Wordler's reaction to hearing that Batman is just obsessed with this molehill mob? He's in an all-out war. Uh, and he's jealous. He's really jealous because he's got a crime he wants to do. <laughs> and if the Batman isn't going to catch him, then, like, where's the fun in that, you know? Which makes me wonder, like, he wants to get caught? <laughs> 
Kind of? It seems like it. Well, he's like, he's like, I need Batman to give all of his attention to me. Mm-hmm. If it, he can't concentrate on me, I've got to do something about this. Yeah. So step one for Riddler. He's like a narcissist. Get rid of the molehill mob. Step two, get Batman to love him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So his next step is to accost the dynamic duo when they were on their way to a meeting with the police. And he drives up in his beautiful green convertible because, you know, Mod Boy Eddie is always on brand. Um, and he accosts them with maybe the worst riddle I've ever heard. I think I solved it before I moved on to the next panel. And it's... Um, what, what happens once in a minute, twice in a moment, never in a thousand years? So puzzle that out, listeners. Yeah, see if you can figure that out before we reveal it, which yeah. is literally going to be in like a minute. Yeah. And uh, I love it because I solved it immediately and Robin does not solve it until the end of the scene. <laughs> until Batman has to solve it for him. Um, but I want to read you this beautiful, beautiful uh, reintroduction of the Riddler. So... Uh, do you want to give your best uh, Burt Ward impression and, and read a little bit of Robin's line? You're the Riddler! Yes, the Riddler! The question-marked costume criminal whose delight it is to confound and confuse law officials with conundrums, the answers to which he s- secretly point out the crime he's going to commit. Once again, he is free and with a batch of ready riddles! So then we get into Eddie's backstory. <laughs> which, I don't know about you... But I really think that the new movie, the Batman the movie, needs to incorporate needs this. Needs to adopt this. As oh, his. 100%. <laughs> and I do have a way that they can darken it up. I absolutely do. <laughs> so here's the Riddler's backstory, for those of you who don't know. Uh, he was a rotten child who cheated at a jigsaw contest. He cheated. His origin story is that he cheated on a school puzzle contest and then just kept on criming. He just kept on doing those crimes. He cheated at a puzzle contest by... I guess finding the completed puzzle, maybe in a puzzle store? <laughs> Taking a- No, it looks like it's in his teacher's desk. Oh, okay. So he broke into the teacher's lounge, took a photo of the puzzle, completed, completed. in the desk drawer. Um, it's the 1960s, so he then went to a dark room and got that photo developed, which probably took like a couple of days. No. He really had to plan for this. You think he's got a dark room in his basement? Not in his basement, but I'm, I'm sure that the local drugstore or something would be able to do it for him. Okay, so he goes on down to the corner store, and while he's drinking his milkshake, somebody develops that photo for him. And yes. then I guess he just like hides in- it in his pants. And, like, looks at it as he's, like, doing the jigsaw at the jigsaw contest at school. Really, all we get is one panel of him taking a photo of the jigsaw puzzle. So it's up to your imagination where you want to go next. We don't know how this this, uh, puzzle contest is proctored. We don't know how it's proctored at all. I love how little Edward Nygma's criminal progression progression (laughs) is uh, step one, cheated a jigsaw contest. Step two... Bomb a school. That's the only logical next Wait, step. where? Where's the bomb a school part? I just feel like that's something he could also do. I mean, the next panel clearly shows him throwing bent hula hoops. Yeah, he's doing crimes. Which is a crime. That's what he can do for the new movie. He cheats at a jigsaw puzzle, and then maybe somebody catches him, and he bombs a school. <laughs> so- I always remember... I always picture uh riddler as being the one who's like you'll never find all the bombs in time batman (laughs) so he clearly bombs 
Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I think maybe he should throw bent hula hoops at people like is shown in the next panel of this comic. Because, uh, and in my notes here, I say, maybe it's explained in 140, because it does see, see Detective Comics number 140, the Riddler, as if that's going to explain why he's standing on top of, like, a, a wooden puzzle throwing bent hula hoops at Batman. We do see some of this later in the comic, also. He also uh, is shown um, getting Batman and Robin stuck in a great glass maze, where he escaped by slipping out through a secret trail that he marked. What do you think he used to mark his secret trail? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, he could have used something maybe that he could only see with like infrared glasses or... You don't think uh, it was something like like pheromones? Oh, smell? Or he marked his own trail, if you know what I mean. Gross. <laughs> I do also have written here, like this Hall of Mirrors thing. I was like, even in the 1960s, Hall of Mirrors was like a common Batman trope. Because it's, like, totally in modern Batman media, there's always, like, it's some version, there's always, like, a hall of mirrors that somebody walks through and they, like, taunt Batman in, and then he, like, breaks through a mirror and, like, tackles them or whatever. And yeah. then that, that happens exactly in this comic. That keeps happening in a lot of things, too. That was in um, It, Chapter 2. Oh, yeah. And nobody broke through mirrors, but it was also... Uh, featured prominently in Watchmen in uh, the HBO show. Oh wow! Yeah, Hall of Mirrors. Get at it. It's it's like a it's like a good narrative device, I guess. It's all about introspection and not knowing which way you're going. Although this is a glass maze, this isn't a Hall of Mirrors. No, this is, it's, it's not. It's slightly different. It's a glass maze where um, Dick Grayson absolutely gets fooled into running into a bunch of glass panels because he <laughs> cannot see, and he is not good at puzzles, <laughs> as we will see. So back in the present, the Riddler, Eddie Nigma, offers to really help Batman catch the molehill mob, just out of the goodness of his heart. Because he's gotten out of jail, he's reformed, the penitentiary worked, he is penitent, <laughs> he has made penitence, and he wants to help out to catch the molehill mob. But he wants to wear his old costume. Which is really weird. And I think this is really where Batman should have seen something was going wrong. Because... I think wearing his costume, that's, like, part of his mental illness. Like, that's a trigger. <laughs> I am not a doctor, but if somebody is uh, criminally insane, although he did not go to the asylum. No, he didn't. Um, I just feel like that's... He calls it, I think the funny thing is, is he calls it work clothes. Yeah. Which is bold of him to assume that Batman doesn't wear that all day long. <laughs> I Which, wish. I mean, it's shown in this comic, he pretty much does. Yeah, it's daytime. It's, it's daytime in this comic when he meets the Riddler. It's morning. He's in the costume. Although he is technically at work. <laughs> none, of, none of his colleagues, I guess I'll call them, know what he looks like when he's just lounging at home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think don't do it. I would, if I was Batman, I would be like, no, you're gonna, I'm gonna bring you a bat costume or something. You gotta, you gotta be part of the family. Although I guess he doesn't want to spend the money on that. <laughs> Although like, you know, he can afford it. He can afford it. Sure. For sure. Um, so back at the manor, <laughs> our boys are playing Scrabble for some reason, and um, Robin spells out Riddler. <laughs> Robin spells out Riddler, and he gets a triple word score. I think, and that's that's the end of that. That's the end of that scene. There's, yeah. there's really almost no reason other than to uh, remind you who Batman and Robin's secret identities are. Which is good, I guess. If this is your first time reading a Batman comic, you need to sort of like know. 
Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, by the way. Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson. All, uh, and so I have here, well, they tell they tell Riddler to meet them back at like 8 o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have here written in my notes, uh, Batman's schedule, uh, wander the streets in costume, play Scrabble, fight crime. Exactly. <laughs> a full day. A full day. At some point, you got to get in a workout. At some point, you got to eat a healthy lunch. You know. Play Scrabble. Play Scrabble. Fight crime. Fight crime. Definitely. That's all day. Um, so that night, Eddie Enigma leads them to the Molehill Gang's hideout, which, you guessed it, is in the sewers. <laughs> underneath the manholes. And the, the reason why he's able to is just because he says that he heard about where it was in the prison. Mm-hmm. Like, Batman didn't think to interrogate anybody in prison. Mm-hmm. This was, like, pre-interrogation. This... <laughs> At this time in the comics, uh, Batman's only skill was punching things and solving riddles. <laughs> Those are his two methods of fighting crime. So luckily, he's got Eddie there who can, you know, be his man on the ground. Man and on the inside. Man on the inside and, and find out the true dirt. So I guess, I don't know, maybe the Molehill gang is, like, really big if there's some of them who are actually in the penitentiary with him. We don't, we don't find out. This, I believe, is maybe the only appearance of the Molehill gang. I According to the I, DC Wiki, this is the only appearance of the elusive Mulholland. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> yep. So the gang leader has created a doom trap for our dynamic duo, uh, which I guess must be worse than a regular trap. <laughs> it's a doom trap. It's a, it's a manhole cover gun? It's a manhole cover gun that comes... Well, okay, the manhole... Not a gun. They just sort of burst out of the wall. They projectile from the wall, and Batman hurdles over them with Olympian dexterity. (laughs) Amazing. And this is the first time... Oh, no, he's still called the Masked Manhunter here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, like, the the weird names that we kept seeing. Because Robin gets called, uh, like, the Teenage Thunderbolt or something. Yeah. And Batman is, in this one, only really called the Masked Manhunter. Which is weird when you think about how, like, I wouldn't call him a manhunter. He doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> not in the not in the 60s, he's not. Uh, I mean, he hunts people down. He doesn't... I get... And that's weird. We'll get to that at the end of this scene, because I have a lot of questions. The other thing they call him is the Cowled Crusader, which is weird, because it sounds kind of like Caped Crusader, but it's not. It's not. That'll, we'll come to that. Um, so Batman hurdles over these manholes, which it says are electronically controlled. I don't understand ha- how. Like, it doesn't are... look like they keep rolling around. Um, maybe they do? I want to say electronically controlled would be like an RC car. Yeah. Like somebody's controlling them with like a little handheld remote. Uh huh. It looks like they kind of just shoot out and then fall down. Yeah. So, uh,. Questions about Question. that. We have questions for, for anybody who worked on this comic. So they're electronically controlled somehow. Um, and Batman... He like quips a lot in these scenes too. He does. I noticed. He's got a lot of puns. Is but he saying these things out loud or is he just thinking them? These are these are thoughts. I'll take these in stride, hurdling style. Out of one trap and into another. See, these aren't really quips. These aren't puns. This is just his thought process. This is his thoughts. He does get majorly messed up, not by the manhole covers, but by some, like, special cables that come out of the wall and look like they're alive, like snakes, and somehow, like, 
whip him into submission. So he's all messed up with these cables and these manhole covers. He is just getting destroyed somehow. And he's able to fight back. But while he's doing that, Nygma just seems entirely focused on winning Batman's attention. So while Batman's getting all messed up, Dick is doing all this stuff to, like, evade his traps. He's not really quipping here yet. He gets he gets quippy later in the comic. Yeah. Um, but Nygma's just thinking, like, <laughs> I want you to fight these guys so we can get on with our own personal business. He's got just a mind for, you know, get these guys out of here and then the real fight can begin. The real fun can begin. So... The fight ends, obviously. He's also not active in this. Like, he's not helping them apprehend the guys. He's just sort of standing in the corner. He never said he would. And he said cheering he, them on. He never said he would help them. He said he That's would help true. them find them. <laughs> that was his part. And, and then he just sort of stands off to the side. Yeah, that's what he said he would do. So Batman and Robin are able to fight back. They're able to get out of this doom trap. But then we don't really see what happens to the Molehill gang. <laughs> Is this, did we get past the part where it says that Robin does a ten-knuckle attack? No. Okay. That's here. Yeah, so they're fighting the Millhill gang, and it says that Robin does a ten-knuckle attack, which is just him, like, jumping with his arms straight out. Just, like, jumping full force into somebody with his arms out. Doing basically what I would call, like, a Superman pose. A double punch at the same time. Which you would there, fall on your face. It doesn't look like there's a wind-up either. It just sort of looks like he's jumping forward with his with his fists. You would fall on your face. Yeah, it's true. Like, you, there's no way to, to recover from that. Yeah. You're throwing off your entire balance there. So that's the final blow, is Dick does the double punch, and then the Molehill gang's just gone, and Dick <laughs> says, that's the end of the Molehill mob, and, like, are they dead? No, they send the cops in after them, probably. Maybe, but nobody ever shows you. Does he Does he tie them up? How does he make sure that they don't, like, get conscious? It doesn't matter. This comic isn't about the Molehill gang. It's not about them. It's about, it's all about Eddie. It's all about the Riddler. So let's move on. Batman says that, you know, he trusts the Riddler for now, which I feel is a weird thing to think for Batman, because he's all about, you know, he's not going to kill anybody. He's always going to send them to prison. And we've seen at the beginning of this that nobody believes in the recidivism rate in Gotham. Everyone thinks they're just going to end up in prison again pretty soon. So, like, why does Batman keep, uh, you know, prolonging the cycle of, you know, justice and crime? Well, he hasn't, I mean, the Riddler hasn't done anything yet. He's already helped apprehend criminals, so... It just feels like like um, Batman doesn't have faith in the justice system, in the prison system, <laughs> which makes me wonder why he does this. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so two days later, the dynamic duo get a riddle while at a fun policeman picnic. They're at a picnic. Yeah. in Again, in full costume. Full costume. They are not Middle of Dick the Grayson day. and Bruce Wayne. They are Batman and Robin making a public appearance. <laughs> at, a, at a police picnic. Mm-hmm. And look, Archie's there. That's <laughs> not Archie. <laughs> um, so it's, again, a super easy riddle for Batman to solve. Uh, Robin doesn't get it. Oh, no, 
no, wait, Robin does get it. Robin's the one that gets Robin it. Robin answers that one. I'm so sorry, Dick. He got that one. Good for him. So it's, uh, the, the riddle is, what's the longest word in the world? And this is a really dumb one because the, the answer is smiles. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one before. Really? You haven't heard that? No, I that's haven't like heard a, that one. That's like an elementary school riddle. Is it? That's, really? Yeah, that's an old one. Because there's a mile between the, the S in the beginning and the S at the end. Mm. So they get this riddle, super easy for them both to solve. Makes me really wonder why this is part of the Riddler's compulsion. And I guess we can get into that later. You know, why does he feel like he needs to send a riddle? Why can't he just, like, do his crimes? But, you know, I guess that's... If he didn't do that, he wouldn't be the Riddler. He would be... Just a guy who commits crimes. He'd be Eddie the thug who everyone hates. Yeah. He has to prove his superiority. That's what it is. He wants but Batman's he... attention because he wants to prove his superiority. But he never does. Well, he thinks he can, though. He's not superior. But he thinks he is. The second you commit a crime, you're not superior to anybody. Wow. There you go. Don't wow. do drugs. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Stay in school. <laughs> um, so this riddle leads the guys to believe that... The Riddler is trying to rob someone named Smiles Dawson, who has his yacht docked at the marina. So the Riddler is going to rob a pearl off of a yacht. Has this millionaire heard of banks? <laughs> <laughs> to keep his, what, to keep his pearls? To keep his pearls in? Safety deposit boxes? Uh, is there no better place to keep your fine jewels than on your yacht? I mean, it's, it, it, he's like a dealer that we find out later, isn't he? he of what? Of... Ocean jewelry. When? <laughs> I mean, I, move through the story. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I don't think you're remembering that correctly. Anyway, so they go to the yacht. The guy's yelling at Eddie to come back. Come back. He doesn't say, give me back my pearl, but he says, come back here. You can't do this. And the Riddler runs off. So the, the Riddler gives chase... Uh, or no, the Riddler runs away and puts his convertible top down and it sends like puzzles and more bent like PVC pipe things flying. I said that um, he makes a getaway and hurls a bunch of toys from Marvel's The Brain Store <laughs> at the Dynamic Duo. If anyone's ever been to a mall and they've got a Marvel's that is the best store, they only have toys that make you smart. <laughs> So anyway, they give Batman and Robin. Uh, well, after the crazy they... thing is, it works. Hurling a bunch of brain toys at, at the the dynamic duo works. It actually slows them down. They get stuck in the like bent again bent PVC pipe. I don't know what those things are supposed to be made out of. But anyway, uh, after they get out of those, they give chase in the Batmobile. They catch him and they arrest him. And the Riddler is like. Don't arrest me. I haven't done any crimes, but they still do it. And so it's like arrest first, ask questions later, I guess. Mm. They go back. <laughs> the Gotham PD will have some issues with that. They go, they go back to the, the guy who owns the yacht. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just sold him that pearl. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he was yelling at the Riddler was to tell him to come back because the Riddler told a riddle and wouldn't tell him the answer. Mm -hmm. So this man says with the same vigor you would say to someone that had just stolen something from you, get back here. You must tell me the answer to the riddle. Honestly, have you ever had somebody and not tell you an answer to a riddle before? Because like, 
I feel that. And then, and then the Riddler's response, he doesn't calmly walk away. He's seen running away from this man. Yeah, he's a little scamp. A little stinker. <laughs> That's how I feel when I ask magicians to tell me how a trick works. And I just go like, can you keep a secret? So can I. And then they run away to a little scamp. You can't trust a magician. This podcast is firmly anti-magician. I used to be a magician. Uh, okay. Um, so the Riddler says that he bought a black pearl with his uncle's inheritance. So like I said, he's mysteriously a millionaire. Who's his uncle? His uncle, also named Edward. Really? Yeah. It says that? Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Edward. I must have missed that. Uncle, late Uncle Edward. Rest in peace, Uncle Edward Nygma. Sorry. You were rich and that's all we know about you. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to know. Um, so he leaves them with another riddle, pointing them to an art museum. And when Batman shows up at the art museum, he looks in through the window, and he sees the Riddler robbing a man at gunpoint of a crucifix that seems like it's covered in pomegranate seeds. <laughs> I don't know. You read that situation? The, the comic says they're rubies. They are rubies, but they do look like little pomegranate seeds. <laughs> so the Riddler is robbing him at gunpoint. But, just kidding... The gun was a cigarette lighter, and if Batman had just stayed there literally one second longer, he would have seen him lighting that man's cigarette. Um, and the cross was actually his Uncle Edward's. He was just loaning it to the museum until he died. And uh, Edward Nigma's saying, no, that's not happening anymore. I want that beautiful crucifix back. It is mine. Uh, what's the other thing that I have here? Oh, why is he still in costume? Why does he show up to this museum still in costume? You see, Joshua, when people get out of prison, there's, you know, it's hard to get back on your feet. He's he's a millionaire or whatever. We find out that he has lots of money. He's wearing a suit in the beginning of this comic. He's wearing, like, regular clothes. Why is he in his costume during this? He sees it as work clothes. (laughs) And... It's part of his trauma, and I think we should respect that. <laughs> He's coming in terms of things. He's clearing up old habits. That's what's important to him. Uh, so he clears that up with Batman. He gets his cross. Um, but now comes the real robbery. Now we've come to the real, actual caper that the Riddler was committing all along. Because, of course, you knew... He had a ruse in his back pocket somewhere. I do like that the comic uh, calls this, like, when Batman goes to, like, apprehend him, uh, it says that the Riddler is playing a cruel and deadly game. Mm Mm-hmm. Even though we're never led to believe that there's anything deadly about the Riddler's game. No one has died. And there's and it's it's barely even cruel. Yeah. It's just sort of a nuisance. There's been no bloodshed. He's really just he's wasting Batman's time, honestly. <laughs> there's plenty of like murders and robberies and horrible assaults going on on Gotham streets, and Batman is chasing a man in a spandex green costume through art museums uh, because he's making it look like he's doing crimes, but he's not. Yeah. And honestly, like, point Riddler for that. It's true. It's true. He's doing what he wanted to do. He's he's following his dreams. (laughs) So Batman and Robin puzzle out uh, some things. They think about the colors of the items that uh, they've, you know, Riddler's stuff has been involved with. Because the Riddler kind of leaves him with a little clue. 
He says, you know, stage is set. Batman has all the clues to the riddle that will tip him off the crime. I'm really going to commit. He says to the boys, you already have the riddle, gentlemen, but it's up to you to figure it out. So they think about the colors. They think about the black pearl, the white cross with the red rubies. Of course, that's the... You know, What's black and white and red all over? A newspaper. Everyone knows that. The Gotham Times is having its 100th anniversary party tonight. So they think he's playing caper at the Gotham Times. Or is he? Yeah, because Batman is like, don't jump to conclusions, Robin. Because Riddler's actually at a gay cowboy night spot. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Night mantles the it. city. Oh, also, oh man, I forgot to mention, back when uh, Batman apprehended him and he hadn't committed a crime again, uh, the Riddler exclaims, uh, you muffed it, which I think is pretty funny. Okay. (laughs) So, night mantles the city and it's gay night spots, such as the Ox Club, where the Wild West forms the motifs of its decorations. Men and women are making merry, and it looks like... It definitely looks like a gay bar. Like, a hundred percent. The name, the name, the Ox Club, the fact that they call it a gay night spot, Mm -hmm. like... It's a cross between a gay bar and uh, that scene from Oklahoma, where they're (laughs) at the the barn raising, and Aunt Eller sings the the farmer and the cowman should be friends. (laughs) It's like that, but if you did it, if you staged that in a gay bar. If you did it, uh, like, but like a fancy one that has, like, Disney World Wild West theming. Yeah, it's upscale. It's, It's a nice one. Yeah, so, uh... They're actually at the Ox Club. The Riddler shows up. He's got men. He's got guns. He's going to take everybody's money. The dynamic duo do find him because, as we know, his riddles are just not that hard. Except this one, the one that they actually figure out to find him has, like, way too many jumps in logic to actually make any sense. We'll get to that. We'll get to that after we talk about this fight scene. (laughs) So, uh, the dynamic duo find him and they try to, like hurt him but he says he's electrified and like the um electronically controlled manhole covers i'm wondering how his suit is electrified without like killing him (laughs) so also not explained it doesn't seem like the the uh writers of the comic have a big grasp on like what electricity is yeah it's not not super important basically batman goes to touch him and gets shocked yeah he's and it but it's and it says that like he's like not knocked out but he's like dazed by the shock because he has to recover from it the comic says Mm -hmm. it's it's more than uh I guess it's probably the same technology as when, like, the Joker shakes your hand with that little, like, Yeah, buzzer. with the buzzer thing. So, like, kind of like, but, like, in the, in the, in the old TV show, not, like, in the, yeah. in one of the new movies where you're just, like, dead. Yeah. Or does Jack Nicholson do that? Is that kind of yes. cool when Jack Nicholson does in, it? In, yeah, the 89 movie. Okay. He, like, just holds onto the guy's hand forever and he, like, burns him. So, pre-1989 electricity pranks here. <laughs> Here's where Robin really starts quipping. He's gonna stir up some trouble. And then he does a little... They, they call it... Again, this is another one where Robin does a move. They call it a hip hit. Mm-hmm. It's just a check. Like, it's like a hockey check. And it also it doesn't even look like a check, really. It kind of looks like he's trying just trying to sit on the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, spins around and just sort of half sits on the guy as he's moving. Yeah, he puts that booty on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he sees Batman uh, push over a, a little miniature stagecoach. And he says, I see Batman is staging his own attack. So here's my big question. Who's wittier, Peter Parker or Dick Grayson? <laughs> if they were to fight. If they were to fight, who'd have the best quips? Who'd have the best quips? 
Not that this is a Marvel podcast. This isn't, nor will it ever be a Marvel podcast. But who's who's funnier? I think Dick. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's got some quips, but I think Dick is more, like, punny. Like, he he does more puns than Spider-Man does. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man has, like, interjections, but they... I maybe perhaps due to the fact that Spider-Man doesn't have as many uh, set pieces mm-hmm. like Batman does. Yeah, he's not able to make as many puns. He's not going to the gay cowboy nightclub. No, no. <laughs> so Batman and Robin start attacking the Riddler, and they find that he is in fact a Weeble because they're able to punch him. <laughs> That's literally what I have in my notes. He's, he's a, a weeble. weeble. This is why we're engaged. And then he just comes right back up. So. uh... They hit him for a bit. They hit him quite a lot. They hit him for like an entire page worth of panels. They hit him two pages cheeks at the same time, and he just laughs. Um, and then Batman figures it out. No, he doesn't. Well, Robin says he has it figured out. He goes, "I know. I'll be right back," and he runs away. He tricks him. The Which, one who really couldn't figure out any riddles figures out the way to trick the Riddler. <gasps> it comes full circle. Robin's plan was just to lie. Yeah. Just the whole time. Because he, he, he didn't know. He That's didn't know plan. how to defeat him. It's a bluff. <laughs> when you do it to trick someone, it's a bluff. Okay. Not a lie. But what if what if it hadn't have worked? Then he would have just come back and have been like, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know. He had <laughs> faith in Batman, which it seems like you don't. <laughs> Uh, so... Batman figures out how to turn off the electricity. It's by pressing the middle of the, the question mark on the front of the suit. He gives the Riddler a poke of doom <laughs> to defeat him. Is that what it says? Do you know what a poke of doom is? No, what is that? Poke of doom. It's a wrestling reference. Uh, back in the old WCW days, there was a storyline between Kevin Nash and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. And uh, they had a match where Nash just had to, like, lay down for Hogan. He knew he had to lose. And Hogan pokes him in the chest, and Nash sells like it was the worst thing anyone had ever done to him. Hogan lays on top of him. One, two, three. That's the match. And forever known as the finger poke of doom. Mm. So that's what Batman does to the Riddler. Gives him a finger poke of doom. It turns off both his weeble wobbleness and Mm -hmm. his electricity. Yeah. So the suit's no longer electrified. And then the Riddler says, you know, how'd you figure it out? And they said, it wasn't about the colors, making us think the newspaper. It was about the shapes. Because you had the pearl, which was an O, and a cross, which looks like an X. Only if you turn it sideways. If Only you turn if you turn it, it 45 degrees. And it, doesn't, it still doesn't even look like an X, because it's longer on one end. So the Ox Club, of course, is it's where such they... such a jump here. But like, no, I love that the Riddler is like... Well, what if it had been the newspaper and Batman's like, oh, well, we set like Jim Gordon there anyway. Yeah. Which is very dark night of them. They had their bases covered. A very dark night to be like, oh, well, I'll go to one place and, and then the, the police, police are going to go to another the other one. Place. And it just happens that Batman did pick the right one this time. Rest Does, in peace, Is Rachel. Batman going to get charged for the misuse of police uh, resources for making them go to this gala that like the crime didn't happen at? No, they don't charge Batman for anything. <laughs> So, rest in peace, Rachel. Very sad. Um, and uh, here's the other thing that I was <laughs> extremely confused about. Is they ask the Riddler, or they sort of figure out why 
Riddler wasn't taking their punches, why it wasn't hurting him Yeah, because they were punching his face because it was the only part of him that wasn't electrified. Which his face is attached to his, like, skull, which houses his brain. Yeah. I think is important. Um, he apparently didn't feel any pain because he had anesthetized his face. That's what they say, <laughs> he yes. He used anesthesia. And, and Batman very, very clearly exclaims that you don't get knocked out from the, from the... From the punch itself, it's the shock that that makes it's you get knocked. It's the shock, which isn't true. Here's my two questions. Okay, his face was anesthetized. Yes, he could still talk. <laughs> yeah. And well, his mouth wasn't anesthetized. It was just his face. Okay, that's a long word. Couldn't he have still gotten brain damage from yes. all the repeated yes punches? Yes. If 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 a uh, <laughs> if a football player anesthetized themselves and then still got like sacked or whatever mm-hmm. and and hurt real bad, there's no because it's the bruising of the brain that causes like yeah. you to get knocked out or whatever. Your your brain hitting against your skull exactly the swelling. Yeah, it's, they could they killed a man. This com- <laughs> this comic is not uh, either both electrically sound or physically sound. Yeah, so don't anesthetize your face and then tell your friends to punch you. Not a good idea. Don't try it at home. And that brings us to the final riddle because No, well the first riddle that gets finally answered. He's back in jail. He's 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 uh re he's reconvicted. <laughs> he's recommitted crimes. Incarcerated, reincarcerated and he finally tells the warden the answer to that riddle, as he so, knew he always would. So why do the cons call this place the Fiddler's Hotel? Because it's a violin. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that. And that's that comic. <laughs> <laughs> Did we want to go over uh, the, the Riddler's backstory? Which one? The Jigsaw one? Or just like... Well, I I was gonna say just like his his whole backstory in, in like the all of the comic canons cover his character in general. Yeah, let's talk about him. Okay. So his name is Edward Nigma, sometimes Edward Nashton. I think yep. that's what the new Batman the movie the Batman the movie is, is gonna using, go with. Yeah. He has kind of through the years progressed to him just like kind of having O C D. Like his compulsion is what makes him need to leave riddles everywhere mm-hmm. which is strange i guess but it might just be a reason for them to be able to write him into arkham yeah like the fact that like he does have this compulsion i mean it is a compulsion even in this comic like in his second appearance or whatever he's he's like he has to leave riddles for batman because he has to prove his superiority mm-hmm. i mean he has to have batman focused on him at all times yeah he has to have Batman attempt to solve his riddles. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he taunts you. I mean, in, like, all the other media, like, in, in the Arkham games, he taunts you the entire time about, like, how you can't figure out his riddles and stuff. Little does he know, I've got a walkthrough. <laughs> <laughs> You're no match for IGN, Riddler. It's... <laughs> It's a very common character trait that he's just like, you know, stuck up and thinks that he's superior, even though he isn't. I think that's something that happens in the animated series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Riddler was most famously played by Frank Gorshin on the Batman television show in the 60s. The like seminal role, uh, the the seminal picture of the Riddler that everybody thinks of when they think of the Riddler is like the goofy Frank Gorshin 
very very hyperactive, very like lithe and and you know runs around and does stuff. Like you said, a little stinker. Yeah, actually, I think it kind of depends on your age who you think of. I guess if you're like a boomer, you would think of uh, Frank Gorshin. But if you're a millennial, you definitely think of Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Yeah. I think about the animated series, which is kind of a. I don't want to say it's mixed because it doesn't. It's not based on Jim Carrey at all. No. But it's a more like toned down version of the Frank Gorshin because he dresses up in suits and he's a little more like metered in his. But he's a hacker. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when they. I I don't know if that was when they introduced that. It mm-hmm. might have been in the comics before the animated series. But he does evolve into this character that like because of his intellect becomes a computer hacker and is able to like do things with security systems and stuff and that's that's his like modern version of the riddles what do you think about jim carrey's portrayal of the riddler uh i think it's over the top i don't think it makes any sense i don't like that movie i don't like batman forever (laughs) yeah you know who else really didn't like that portrayal of him no who uh tommy lee jones who played two-face in that same movie (laughs) uh one of my favorite hollywood stories actually this happened before they started working together but i can't I can't assume the relationship got better afterwards. Uh, Before filming started, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey were actually in a restaurant at the same time. And uh, Jim Carrey went over to kind of like shake his hand and sort of just like meet him before filming started and tell him that it was great to work with him. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones got up and said, I hate you. I really don't like you. And Jim Carrey was like, what's the problem? And Tommy Lee Jones said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. (laughs) And honestly, same. Yeah. Nothing yeah. but buffoonery from that man. Especially going back and watching, like, half of his movies yeah. are pretty rough nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't have to get into that. Controversial opinions. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, Jim Carrey, not our favorite portrayal of the Riddler. What would you say is your favorite portrayal of the Riddler? I think it's the animated series. Actually, you know what? Even to go even further than that, I think the Arkham City version is my favorite. Why is that? Um, just the way that the actor, the voice actor delivers his voice lines and the fact that he's present throughout the entire game just taunting you, Mm -hmm. I think really... Like, I think the Riddler works the best when he's not the main, the main, like, focus of a story. He works great as a Batman distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, in order to write the Riddler, and, and the, the creators of the animated series said this, where in order to write the Riddler, you have to come up with a bunch of riddles, which is, like, tedious. And a lot of the times you either have to do one of two things. You have to either use riddles that everybody already knows the answers to which is some of what we got in this comic that we just read and the other one is you have to come up with like some wacky off the wall like riddle that like no one in a million years would be able to figure out and again we also got that in this comic it's hard to write for the riddler and that's why i think like when the spotlight's not on him and he's just sort of a side thing is when he works better as a batman character he works better as like a distraction Mm -hmm. I'm going to agree with you and give my absolute favorite version of that, which is in the Batman graphic novel Hush, where he is, in fact, the distraction from the real villain. Uh, But you wouldn't know that if you watched the animated movie, so don't. Yeah, don't watch the Hush animated movie. Just read the comic. It's really good. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it here. It's quite fantastic. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the Riddler's used remarkably well in that one. Um, There's a whole bunch of cool stuff with his, like, backstory in that he has, like, a whole cool adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, That, I think, is probably my favorite, like, 
comic portrayal of the Riddler. Is yeah, Hush. I also like his suit in the Arkham games and the animated series. I think the the like the dressed up in a green suit with question marks looks better than dressed up in just like a leotard with question marks all over it. Yeah, I think it's a weird look to have that leotard. It's a hard look to pull off in live action. Yeah, you gotta have just the right Definitely. just the right actor for that. Yeah, and Jim Carrey, <laughs> it wasn't flattering exactly yeah. on him. So you don't think they're gonna do that for the new movie? No. You don't think Paul Dano can do I don't even off? know if they're going to do uh, like a, a green suit with question marks. I think they might mm. just do like a regular guy in a regular suit. Maybe it's kind of green, but it's dirty. Yeah. Which, you know, isn't great because I like it when Batman is a little heightened. Yeah. Well, Christopher Nolan ruined that for all of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That movie did so well that it ruined Batman for the future. Oh, no. <laughs> At least live-action Batman. Yeah. We still get cool stuff in, like, the animated movies. Yeah. Do love Batman Begins, though. That was a good one. Yeah. I like The Dark Knight. We're not going to talk about Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Ever. No. Yeah. Well, so the Riddler, he is pretty cool. He also has this weird backstory where this gets a little bit into, like, why he leaves riddles around. Uh, There are some uh, additions that talk about him being abused by his father. And I think, if I remember correctly, the being abused by his father was something to do with, like, cheating and telling the truth. Yeah. It was very, it was actually pretty similar to what it was in this comic, where, like, he cheated on a school test or something and his dad, like, was like, you didn't get that good grade, you cheated. And then he bombed a school. No. <laughs> Don't think that's canon. That's in my canon. Okay. Anything else we have to say about the Riddler? Uh, he's got two female henchmen. Oh, yeah, Hench- that's right. Women. Henchwomen. Yeah. Did he do that before Harley Quinn was around? Uh, I think maybe, or maybe not. They might have only shown up in, like, the early 2000s. Interesting. Their names are Query and Echo. Sometimes Quiz and Query. Mm-hmm. And they have hired uh, a set of twin actors to be in the Batman the movie. They were two of Lynette Scavo's kids in Desperate Housewives, and now they're all grown up. Um, but they're, they're guys, so... Yeah, they're men, so we they don't... M- Think they, they're Quiz and Query? They might. They might be Quiz and Query. Probably not. I mean, Quiz and Query aren't twins in the comics. They mm-hmm. look different. I think one of them is, like, a black woman, and the other one's, like, a white woman. Mm. And I don't know. Like, the the guys who in the movie could be playing Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Could be. Although, are they, like, heavy set? Because Tweedledee... No, they're buff. Uh, are they? I okay. mean, they're actors, yeah. I mean, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are, like, usually portrayed as, like, Heavier. fat guys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's also weird in 2020 that there would be a movie with twins and they actually cast twins instead of just like CGIing twins. <laughs> you can that every movie does that. I suppose you could. Yeah. Eh, whatever. He often carries a question mark cane, which can sometimes be a question mark grappling hook, <laughs> yeah. which is cool because it helps him catch up to Batman. It electrocutes people sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just got a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah. Um, in a bunch of different languages, he's actually uh, often called the Sphinx, which is a reference to the Sphinx that gives Oedipus a riddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were reading this, we, we saw some of the other answers, were, or some of the other uh, like names for the Riddler were sometimes like uh, the word for like a, guy, a person who solves a riddle. Sometimes it's like the question man. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like all very similar to what would be the Riddler as like a direct translation 
I typed the uh, the one in in Finnish, the uh-huh. Finnish language, into Google Translate, and the translation spit out was the calculator, which so. I think might be a different DC villain. <laughs> Maybe. My question is, and and I don't think that this was in that like Wikipedia article or anything, is how do they translate his riddles when they bring over stuff into other languages? Because like a good deal of his riddles are like wordplay. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm sure they'd figure something out. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it's easy for the one in the beginning of this comic where it's like, you know, a letter appears a bunch of times. It doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Mm. But they would have to, like, change the names of stuff in order to get the Riddler to, like, point them in the right direction mm-hmm. in a different language. I don't know. They'd have to, like, come up with different riddles. And some of them are, like, common English riddles that I don't know would exactly translate one-to-one in, into a different language. Yeah. I don't know. That's a question for somebody who speaks a different language, which yeah. is neither of us. Nope. Nope. Uh, well, we speak French sometimes oh, a little bit. Oh, I'm put. But yeah, so I'm going to throw some names out at you. Okay. And I would like you to tell me who would win in a, a supervillain war between okay. the Riddler. Got it. Okay. The Riddler and the Mad Hatter. Uh, the Riddler. Why? Uh, because the Riddler is smarter than the Mad Hatter. The Mad Hatter has his mind control, but I think the the Mad Hatter is mad as a Hatter. <laughs> he's 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 crazy enough that he can be outsmarted kind of easily. His greatest his greatest ability is that he can get the jump on people sometimes and mind control them. Mm. So if he didn't get the jump on the Riddler, the Riddler would have the ability to outsmart him. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you need to have a mind in order to be mind-controlled. Think about that. That's nothing. That's nothing? That's not anything? That's not anything. Okay. Um, Okay, the Riddler versus Poison Ivy. Green v. Green. Who wins? Ooh. Uh, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy is overpowered. Poison Ivy, I mean, unless... She's in, like, a concrete cell that plants can't get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, plants are everywhere. She's got control over them. There's there's no way that the Riddler can... I mean, she's got, like, basically superpowers. That's true. And the Riddler is just a guy. Yeah. Okay, next. Okay. Um, well, then that takes away anybody like Clayface, Croc, anybody who's got, like, superhuman uh, well, abilities. I think he could abilities. beat Croc. I think he could beat Croc. I don't think he could beat Clayface. You think you could beat a giant crocodile? Explain. Not, not like in a fight, but if they, like in a in a one on one fisticuffs. But if they were, if they had a feud, I think the Riddler would be able to again, like outsmart Killer Croc. Maybe get him trapped in a cage or something. Okay, Riddler drops Croc into the great glass maze. <laughs> Croc's just gonna eat it. He's gonna burst through the walls. Okay. Counterpoint, uh, Riddler throws his, his, like, twisted PVC pipes at him. Is the croc gonna be oh. able to solve the puzzles to get out? No, but he can eat his way through. <laughs> I really think you're underestimating my boy croc here. Uh, no, I think he could, he would be able to, to, like, trap croc. Okay, that's gonna take a while. Oh, he does use a lot of electricity, though, and it does yeah. seem like croc is pretty susceptible to, like, yeah, everybody electric is. collars and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, alright, I guess the big one, Riddler versus Joker. Who you got? Joker? Ooh. Both commit pranks, both love traps, both of them are very sadistic. I think, I don't know, I think Joker's deadlier. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think Joker is like, he's no holds barred. And Joker is also like smarter than he lets on. He is unhinged, but he's also shown like throughout the Batman canon, like setting up offshore bank accounts and like faking people's identities and stuff. Remember that one time he became the Ayatollah? No. That was one where Jason dies. Oh. He was the Ayatollah. Yeah. Or something. I yeah, don't know. He became nuts. part of the, like, Iranian government. Yeah, For, like, yeah, a hot yeah. minute. It's crazy. But it was all to trap Jason in a warehouse and beat him to death with a crowbar. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, Joker's, like, a super formidable foe. And that's sort of just because, like, I guess, like, power creep of the fact that he's been in so many comics that they just give him enough wits to outsmart the greatest detective in the world sometimes. Yeah. Well... That's all we got on the Riddler. Eddie Enigma abuses a child, puzzled genius, uh, loves his jigsaws, um, and in the end, not smart enough for Batman, but he does know that because he promises the warden that he'll be back yeah. and pretty soon. So I guess the moral of the story is know the, your limits. Know your limits. The justice system is broken, and if you've only got, you know, three weeks of freedom... Make the most out of it. Make the most out of it. Try to pull off a caper and spend all your uncle's inheritance money. (laughs) That's been Batmates. That's been Batmates. We hope you guys have a great rest of your night, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Batmates. Our theme song was written by Ben Dean. You can find his art at tinyurl.com slash Ben Dean. That's B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. Our logo was drawn by Savannah Storm. You can check her out on Instagram at art.by.savvys. Thanks again, and stay tuned for more.